Hey, this is Courtney Gaines. You know me from such movies as Children of the Corn, Can't Find Me Love, The Burbs,、uh, even Back to the Future. We are listening to Still Talking with on the Darkening Podcast Network. Watch it or else. Did you know around 83% of Americans with disabilities are unemployed? We are changing that. The Prospector Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing competitive and integrated employment for adults with disabilities through the operation of a first-run movie theater in Ridgefield, Connecticut. We greet, seat, and treat our audiences to the best, most accessible movie-going experience in the world: Hollywood blockbusters, delicious gourmet popcorn, and one-of-a-kind pink glove service. Join us for a movie and see our sparkle in action. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit www.prospectortheater.org. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie. You don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists.、And、we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors. Deadly grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating; it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly grounds coffee, coffee to die for, and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Ah,、oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. But thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. You have a hankering for horror knowledge. We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly thirty shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from ET and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more, featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, 
enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool. Available on iTunes, Spotify. Hey, hey, happy Wednesday, everybody. You're watching Still Token With. We have an awesome show scheduled for you today. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. And as always, Benjamin, how's it going, my friend? Can't hear you, Ben. (laughs) Tonight, Ben will be miming everything. (laughs) Uh, well, while we wait for him to fix it, powerful Brandon, how's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well, Leo. Uh, I hope everybody else is as as well. Um, I I look forward to hearing from Ben at some point tonight. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the first time that when you went to intro that it kicked my mic to a default. Wow. That is, but not the last. (laughs) because jeff's not here and i got brandon tonight yeah or yeah it was was the software that did it Eh, maybe (laughs) keep it up keep screwing with me that's all right so ben you brought a kick i will have our guest drag you into the uh keep it up oh don't bring that up don't bring that into Uh, the background (laughs) keep it up uh so so you brought an awesome guest would you care to introduce him um this guest actually needs no introduction uh, this gentleman has over 130 credits to his name. He's uh, dabbling in music. We'll learn more about that tonight. But um, <clears throat> if you grew up in the 80s, you definitely know who he is, and you probably had some sleepless nights. But let's welcome Mr. Courtney Gaines. What's up, man? That was quite an intro. I have a contact buzz now for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of my other host, there he is in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> apparently you didn't drive to get the connection <laughs> uh so welcome to the show thank you thank you who wants to start i know brandon's itching i can see him <laughs> i mean i'm itching but it's but that's a physical thing but uh, uh <laughs> yes it's already an adult show i can see <laughs> i have a cream for that don't worry it's prescription uh, uh no, I mean, first off, I just, I, I told, I, I, I just gonna say this. Uh, I told my, my cousin Steve Powers in, in Medford, Massachusetts, that, uh, that I was gonna be on the show speaking with you today, Courtney, and he wanted me to convey to you that he says you shit on my house to people in disappointment with them on an almost daily basis, <laughs> and he wanted to thank you for that. Yeah, he's welcome. You tell him, you tell him I said that's fantastic. <laughs> he, I know he thinks so too. <laughs> Yeah. Oh Jesus! Oh. You derailing us right at the start. That's why you invited yeah, me. Yeah, hey, on, it's right? good to have some quotes out there. People know, though, you know, could be worse. Right, right. Well, that's true. Like, uh, I mean, one of the quotes that you shouted back in the '80s kept me from going to church. I'm just gonna say right now, you know, <laughs> I was afraid that every time yeah. they said that in church, that I had to look over my shoulder <laughs> to see if I was gonna get stabbed by something. There you go. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I've uh, I've never finished Children of the Corn. I I I was I started watching it when I was a kid, and I was too scared. I I I remember shutting off the the, the VHS, and VHS. I, we're really going back. We are going back. I can't tell how many times I've been at conventions and people were like, "Yeah." So I went to my friend's house and they put in that movie, and they happen to have a cornfield in the backyard, and I, I didn't sleep that whole night. You know. Well, see, I, and I've said this, I grew up on a farm, so we... we... Ah, see, there you go. See, I knew it. I knew it. Right? I could sense it. You look like a farm boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh... what, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? Tell us what you're really trying to say, Courtney. It's okay. That he looks like he grew up on a farm. Keep going. I'm to the point, man. I didn't say... Uh... 
You struck me as a farm boy. You know, I, I read people. You know, that's what I do. I'm an actor. He's <laughs> laid back, taking his time doing everything, you know? Right, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. By, backstage, I told Courtney for like three weeks in the 80s, I didn't sleep and I had to watch things like this. I mean. <laughs> oh, hey, look, you got connection, I guess. Uh-oh, who do we got here? I'm going to put on my glasses real quick to see you know, see the face completely. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. This how is, are you? This is the other half of the show that's on vacation. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, sorry to disturb your vacation, but glad you made it. Oh no, that's all right. We're uh, we're at the lake. See, lake. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Keep it. Show off. <laughs> what? It said show off. Keep oh, rubbing it in. No, no, we had fun. We went out on the uh, UTV today. Yeah. Could have shaved for the show. Thanks. <laughs> hey, he showed up, man. Thing. He's on vacation. Holy I'm crap! Jeez. Oh. Hey, Jeff, what an effort you made showing up. Oh, this guy over here. Oh, I guess Gillette's on strike. Jesus, <laughs> Mary and Joseph. I'm sitting here by the, uh, where is it? Can you see it? You even got a Ooh. fire going? What the hell? here by campfire with my lovely wife. Hi, yes. Jeff's lovely wife. So. You know, but I, I figured, if, see if I had connection, I'd pop in and say hello. You know what happened, though? By popping in and saying hello and showing that you have connection, we will yeah. never, ever fucking get away from anybody ever again. <laughs> Want to bet? They'll say, but you guys have connection up there. I, I know you can do this. Well, yeah. You know what the problem is? Though. All right. Hey, enough yeah, about I mean, us. Courtney's here. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? There's a shitload of cornfields up here. <laughs> well, there you go. See? Corn for the rest of the day. You're still number the one. Theme. The theme was there. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was foreshadowing of what was to come, my friend. Right. Right. <laughs> well, two years ago, it was all hemp. Now it's back to corn. Ah, yeah. Children of the Hemp didn't work out very well. <laughs> Sounds like a good stoner flick to me. We should right. do it. it gets I think we should. Start Children of the Hemp. Well, no, right? there's, a movie, there's a movie for you, Hose of the Hemp. Ah. All right. <laughs> well, then. So, anyway. I, 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 I think Children of the Hemp was a better seller. <laughs> oh, starring, the hose of- starring Courtney Gaines as yeah? the father. <laughs> That's right. He, he's Tell the outlander in this one. Watch them do R.G. Armstrong's role and, you know, get taken out at the, uh, you know, the at the gas station. Children of the Hemp, wouldn't it be Mella High? There you go. I just go out the same way I came in. Or... <laughs> See how fast we just go off the tracks, folks. I mean, really. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, that, you know, that's fucked in. I was watching the show. I'm like, this is fuck boring. What the hell's wrong with these dudes? Oh, yeah. And your presence changed that. Good job. <laughs> he brought total focus and clarity. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, I d- doubt that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, go ahead, Leo. Yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Like- no, I've been. Uh, it's okay. Donnie Smith says uh, Malachi. Hey, Courtney. I grew up in the '80s. Loved Children of the Corn and Back to the Future. Very cool. Cheers from Boston, man. And thank you, thank you, ma'am. Angela says, hi, everybody. Uh, Matthew Fisher says, I work with Courtney on the house across the street. He's a great guy. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting project. Uh, the reason mo- most interesting was that um, the director uh, was deaf, and that's not a joke. He was he was wow. deaf. Wow. And it was one of the coolest premieres because we the, the crowd was also 90, I'd say 80% deaf. And af- afterward, they just came up and they were just so generous and so so thankful that you know they had a director that was giving the deaf community a voice of some kind. You know, it was it was really a, a really a, a incredible evening and one not to forget. That's awesome. Yeah, 
that's, that's pretty cool. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Totally. Uh, Darren Miller says, hey, guys, awesome so, uh, guest tonight. Am I breaking up? You guys? are. You are. You are. Am I breaking up, guys? Yes. A little bit. Yeah, I figured I would be. A little bit. All right. I, I'll let you do your show. Um, I wanted to pop in, say hi to uh, Malachi. And just so you know, you hated Karen from my wife on Children of the Corn. <laughs> <laughs> she really didn't like you. She's you, you were scary. Uh, I'm a nice guy once you get to know that's me. What she told me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true with anybody. <laughs> Not true so, with Malachi. I, I will let you guys <laughs> know him. That's so nice. All, all right, brother. Oh. Be safe up there. Have fun, Jeff. All right, man. Peace out. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> I uh, just want to give everybody a heads up that uh, Courtney has uh, some awesome stuff going on right now. He has a couple songs that are out right now. I do have the information for Spotify up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Also, two new movies. River is out today and Queen Bees just came out as well. And uh, those are available on VOD and uh, are those getting a physical release as well? Uh, the Queen Bees was out in theaters. I think it still might be. Awesome. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, River went straight to straight to VOD. And then I got two other ones too. Uh, well, actually, a couple more actually. Uh, a horror movie I did called Await the Dawn just came out on Amazon Prime this last week, which none of us knew, including the director. So that was a big surprise. And that's got you know D. Wallace and Vernon Wells and myself in oh, it. Nice. And uh, so that's oh, nice. a fun ride. And uh, August 13th, I have a movie called Charming the Hearts of Men coming out. Kelsey Grammer and uh, Sean Astin. And uh, it's a movie set in the 50s about the woman who was got the word women's rights put in the Civil Rights Bill, true, based on a true story. Oh, wow. Oh, so, uh, that, the, that also has uh, Anna Friel in it? Yes, she's the lead, and she, she's fabulous. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I'm going to have to watch out for that. I love the, uh, the based-on-true-story-style movies. Yeah, it's a, it's a story I don't think anybody knows. I certainly didn't know. And uh, I played the owner of the diner she worked at where she allowed a sit-in to happen that caused a whole civil rights uproar in her small town in the South that actually happened. They actually have photos of it and such. Wow. And uh, So, yeah, it's just kind of cool to be part of an interesting little part of history. And uh, I always like cool. period pieces, you know, 50s, Western, Civil War. I love all that kind of stuff. Very nice. Well, I mean, you've portrayed a ton of amazing roles. You know, like we were saying earlier, you know, from Children of the Corn, I mean, uh, you were in Back to the Future, uh, The Burbs. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I looked at the list and I was just like, I can't name all these. Yeah, I had a really good <laughs> 80s teen cinema run, you know, for sure. And that got me started. I was, uh, you know, kind of at the right place at the right time. I was 18 years old, but looking 15, which was pertinent so you could work a full day back then. Emancipation laws were different. <laughs> I had about five years of really good professional training under me, which really gave me an edge, too. And, uh, you know, after the success of Children of the Corn, I just made a decision not to sort of play the same character twice. I didn't want to get stuck in horror. And I managed to have a hit in, you know, every genre, really, in that run and really established myself as a, a character actor with a bit of range. And that's that's bode well for me for the rest of my career, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. Outstanding. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny you say, uh, you know, doing the period pieces, too, because one of the first things that would spring to mind immediately for a lot of people would be Back to the Future. I mean, in the 80s, playing a teenager in the 50s, that ha- yeah. that has to that has to add a lot more fun to, to portraying a character to really be able to, like, disappear when you can just be enveloped in what the wardrobe, the styles were of a time completely separate and different from what you're used to. 
like yeah kind of look back and be like so this is what i'd look like in 1955 <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny looking back and seeing me in those movies now you know just you know, I'm like, my God, I was so young and so, you know, scrawny, you know, my pencil on that and all that. I didn't realize how, I didn't realize how thin I was back then. I was like, my God, I was playing like a buck 30 or something, you know? That's the way it always goes. It's like, it's always like, oh man, I wish I was as skinny now as I was when I thought I was really fat. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't get, I was just a kid till, but now that I'm older, I look at him, I'm like, my God, I was just a kid. <laughs> youth is wasted on you, on the youth. This is bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, teen cinema, you know, right place, right time. The 80s was a big teen. There was a big teen cinema thing happening. I just right place for good timing. You know, timing's everything in anything, any business, I think. Nice, nice. Um, Leo, did you by any chance get any of the trailers? The two uh, new ones? I'm still working on it. The okay. uh, worst case I can do is I can bring it up and I can do a screen share. Uh, but it doesn't look like um, I got one from October Coast. Okay. Uh, well, they... if we have to do a screen share, we'll do a screen share. Yeah, totally. Um, but before we do that, Courtney, I mean, you're like Leo said, uh, River just came out and Queen Bees has been out for a couple of weeks. Um, and that's really kind of what we're promoting a little bit here. So can, can sure. you tell us a little bit about Queen Bees? Yeah, sure. So the, so the storyline of Queen Bees is uh, Ellen Bernstein's character, uh, it, it goes to a, a retirement home to so why her house gets, is going to get worked on. And then the house burns to the ground and she has to actually live there and realizes it's like high school all over again, except the mean girls are old. Nice. And uh, I just have a cameo in it, but I get to I, I I made the trailer, which surprised me to be honest. But I got to work with Ellen Bernstein, Anne Margaret, Jane Curtin, and Loretta Devine in one scene, so I wasn't going to say no. Right. And, and I and the first half of this day, I just got to really watch them work. My character was watching them in this diner, looking for an opportunity to steal a purse, and uh, so I just got to watch these four iconic actresses work. All you know, and that was just great. And then I finally got my chance to really dive in there and work with them. And it's a funny, it's a funny little scene, you know. And it kind of is a bonding moment for the girls because you know they take this guy out together. So then they're like, "We're the queen bees," you know. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, Here we go. Yeah, uh, they didn't send a file, but uh, we can do a screen share. Uh, So um, we'll play this. uh, Just uh, keep in mind, people can still hear us while it's playing. Okay. Welcome to Pine Grove. Welcome to Pine Grove. Welcome to Pine Grove. Is somebody going to say that every 12 seconds? If you ever need anything. I'm only going to be here a month during the renovation. Can I help you? This table is by invitation only. Are you serious? She used to say serious as a heart attack, but then Marjorie killed over, so she don't say it anymore. We call them the Queen Bees. Guess what the B stands for? Saving seats. Clicks. They're like mean girls, but with medical alert bracelets. Let's go. Remember, sweat is just fat crying for attention. Looking good, ladies. And... Are you flirting with me? Yes! I'm interested in joining the bridge club. Someone needs a hearing aid. The roster's full. Okay, well, I heard Janet Poindexter's a real (laughs) (laughs) This isn't high school. It's worse. High school, we graduate. Here, we die. Be one of us. We are the cool ones. I've never thought of myself as cool. You're not. With us, you will be. Give me the purse. What purse? My purse. I want you to take your wrinkly ass back inside. 
<laughs> We're the queen bees. We don't take crap from anyone. Ouch. I was telling you the other night, I looked up and there you were, and then you started to dance. It was magical. Has that line worked for you in the past? <laughs> Not so much. Let's go crazy. <laughs> we are sisters, the four of us. I love that. Word on the wheelchair ramps is that you and Dan are and I. It's ridiculous. If it works out great, if it doesn't, at least you're riding the bike again. In this metaphor, Dan is the bike. Yes, he is. <sighs> I'm gonna need a helmet. <laughs> we have got to live every day. You want to get baked? <laughs> Together? Oh, don't look so worried. That kind of experience is not on my bucket list. I remember them getting baked. Perfect for this show. That was how apropos. I definitely am going to have to take that one in. Uh, that was pretty funny. Well, yeah. Was, was that a shot? Was Christopher Lloyd in it? Yeah. Yeah, he he is, and I know he's just barely in the trailer, but I think I think he has a pretty significant part that uh, apparently like all the girl, a lot of the older women are interested in him and he's like, you know, dating multiple, multiple older women. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a nursing home Lothario. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you see the rug he was wearing? That was phenomenal. Yeah, that was, that was all part of the humor of it, I guess. It's like, why they attracted this guy with a tube on his head? Oh, that's great. Yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, you, took, you took one for the team in there, Courtney. I, that was good. I, I sure did. <laughs> took one for the team. Uh, Darren is asking, uh, did having red hair help your career? Not a lot of redhead men in Hollywood. Um, I think it. I think it does, and that it helps you stand out. I think in some ways it. You know, I think everything's a double-edged sword, right? I think in some ways it might be limiting, in other ways it, it helps you stand out. But I think for redheads, we often get pigeonholed into playing bad guys, right? You know, gingers with no souls. <laughs> oh yeah. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh my. Although hey. I, I, I would say, you know, one thing that would probably work to your advantage, it kind of kind of goes and like hand in hand with what you were saying before, is. You know, you you looked younger than you were, which which worked to your advantage. Uh, I I am the son of a ginger, and I had a lot of reddish hair before it all uh, went the way of the dodo. And uh, <laughs> I've noticed that all of us uh, with this type of hair uh, tend to stay out of the sun. And uh, the less you look like Samsonite luggage, the better the chances are of you getting a, a decent role that's maybe just <laughs> below your actual age. I would imagine just. Just a guess. Yeah, I definitely had a baby face as well, for sure. And uh, but yeah, it's you know it, it's interesting how you know people perceive redheads. Is is and I grew up in a Chicano neighborhood, so you can imagine how well that went. <laughs> they saw you coming from a mile away. <laughs> in my neighborhood, either you you know you could you could throw down and fight, or you could cap. You know, you could talk smack, and I talked smack with the best of them. That's what. <laughs> That's what saved my ass, and and I and I growing up in that neighborhood. You make someone that's laugh. Why I played, that's why I played the role in Colors because I knew that stuff, you know. Right. I was going to bring that up too because Colors is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, oh, right on. I mean, it's got everybody in it, you know. Yeah. And and it's a great movie. 
it really portrayed the gangs in L.A. very well. Yeah, that, that's all Dennis, <laughs> that was all Dennis Hopper, you know, and Dennis Hopper was given the script. It was just a cop movie, but he lived in Venice Beach, but in the really rough part known as Ghost Town. And he knew about the Bloods and the Crips. And he said, make this into a story about the gangs and I'll do it. And, uh, yeah, he introduced the world to, you know, the whole South Central gang situation. It also broke West Coast rap. There, yep. Really, that movie ice, broke yeah. West Coast ice, rap. Ice and, tea, yeah. yeah. It was, you know, it was a, in that way, it was very much a groundbreaking movie. And I had grown up, you know, seeing these movies like Boulevard Nights and stuff, and they really didn't portray the gangs well. It was like, they were like sort of like half like they're from Tijuana and not, you know, not really from L.A. And so that was the first movie that, that could really represent it. And I knew Dennis Hopper would do that right. You know, I knew that. Mm. And uh, I was working on Cat By Me Love at the time with Gerardo Mejia. I don't know if you remember him, Rico Suave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we had done th- two movies in a row and we were doing when we were doing Cat By Me Love, he had gotten the script and he knew I grew up in the tough neighborhoods. And he's like, dude, you're not going to believe it. There's a white gangbanger in this movie. And I called my mentor, Virgil Fry, who knew Dennis Hopper, helped him make Easy Rider. And as soon as I got back, I went and took a meeting. I, you know, I didn't even have to audition, basically. It was like, I came in the garb. And they're like, you know this stuff? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, okay. We don't know many white, you know, how many white guys know this stuff you're in. Right, so right. I wanted to represent that 1% of, uh, you know, white gangbangers in Los Angeles. So. <laughs> a very underrepresented group. <laughs> yeah, truly, though, you wouldn't believe it. There was a guy I went to grammar school with who became a gangbanger. was a redhead named Billy Red. And I always thought, his mind just must have exploded when he saw it because he knows, like, hey, he's playing me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I know this is totally off topic, but as a fellow ginger, as a fellow ginger growing up, how many times did you get asked, do you dye your hair? I uh, never got asked oh. to I dye my hair, but I can't tell you how many times it was with my mother and, you know, older women would stop me to and, and say, oh, my God, your hair is so beautiful. This is how I try to get them to dye it. You know, and, and, and they'd be touching my hair and I'd be like, you know, this is not fun for me. You know? <laughs> I would imagine. That happened a lot. Oh. <laughs> when I was a kid. It's a nightmare, man. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't had to deal with people like trying to touch my hair in it's twenty-three years. But I can't believe we have what two, three gingers on this thing. That's I'm, a, I'm totally yeah. freaking outnumbered right now. I mean, I, yeah. I'm great, but that's okay. That strange. That's that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah, yeah no kidding. I mean, like I was, I was like reddish you know like but my my dad was like howdy doody like he grew up to look just like ned flanders for crying out loud it was <laughs> you know it, it was it was something to behold i mean nothing nothing for him because he he was the youngest of like a, uh, an irish catholic family so it's like <laughs> oh look gingers that's it just gingers all of them neither one of my parents were so of course i used to always hear the milkman jokes you know <laughs> Right. You, you know what's what's fucked up is when I was a kid, someone said to me, "Hey, you know, you got the mailman's eyes," and I didn't get the joke for years because my father was a fucking postal worker. I just uh, didn't get it. I'm like, my dad's eyes are green. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just it woo every time. And it wasn't until I was like freshman year of high school, like, dude, they're implying that that you know Where your mom had sex him? with the mailman. I was like. Oh, that's that's offensive. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I heard that a lot growing up. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Leo? Uh, uh, I was gonna read a question here, but yeah, that was just 
I've heard that as well, and that's just yeah. It, it, it's, it's okay. Angela is asking, will Courtney Gaines be attending any conventions this year? Good question. So that's all starting to open up now. Yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a Detroit City Mo- Nightmares in uh, the end of the month. So August, uh, or I'm sorry, the end of July and the first two days of August. And then I'm doing one, I think, in late August in uh, Gettysburg. So that'll be cool because I'll get to go to Gettysburg. So I I love when I get to travel somewhere and see something interesting. Very cool. Um, So those are the two I know of uh, right now. So it's starting to open up. I'm sure there'll be more. Yeah, very cool. I know I know. we probably have some uh, con promoters watching tonight, so I'm going to throw it out there. Billy Milstadt, you need to book this guy for next year, 2022, D.C. Chris Chris Rose, my manager, that's who you reach out to. He's been doing cons for a long time. Uh, some love him, some hate him because he has a really good roster. So he's like, you want Malcolm McDowell? You got to take Courtney Gaines too, you know, so they don't always like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty happy to take him. But you know, he's got a really, really good he started, his, he started his career with George Romero as a as a convention manager. Can you imagine that? That was right. a for his whole career. Um, that, and he was the and he was the person that was instrumental in getting George a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Unfortunately, George passed literally like a month before the star. So that was that was sad. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, figures but, too. But nice guy. Really Where nice can guy. people find out about our awesome guest, Leo? Uh, well, uh, is it about that time for for the the halfway mark? Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, let me pull this up just so I, I'm ready. Wow, Can't... Leo, you got like so sad at the end of the thing. Oh, time is flying. We're having such a good time. Right? I know. This I is know. true. I just figure if we get the if we get the commercials out of the way, we could just come back and just have fun. Oh, totally. Ah, okay. Yeah. We should have just played them all at the beginning. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So uh, we urge you definitely check out. You just saw the trailer for Queen Bees. That looks hilarious. I'm going to be watching my, you know, uh, I'll watch it with my wife this weekend. And uh, we'll play a trailer for River. Uh, but you can find all the information for our awesome guests in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Also, if you have Spotify, you know, subscribe to him, uh, Ripple Street, and also uh, Courtney Gaines Acoustic. It's Acoustic uh, Gains, right? Yeah, Acoustic yeah. Gains Volume 1. Awesome, and I got both those links in the show notes as well. Uh, and also, we have a new sponsor. Now's the time to get to movies. Prospect Theater is open. Check it out. Did you know around 83% of Americans with disabilities are unemployed? We are changing that. The Prospector Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing competitive and integrated employment for adults with disabilities through the operation of a first-run movie theater in Ridgefield, Connecticut. We greet, seat, and treat our audiences to the best, most accessible movie-going experience in the world. Hollywood blockbusters, delicious gourmet popcorn, and one-of-a-kind pink glove service. Join us for a movie and see our sparkle in action. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit www.prospectortheater.org. And if you want to support Still Token with, you know, Ben and Jeff did some stuff too. Check it out. If your world was turned upside down, what would you do? are we gonna do now get high 
Token with the Dead episode one is available right now. Episode two is coming out soon. And uh, there we go. Done with the commercials. Bombs and zombies. What could go wrong? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> we just throw Twinkies at them. <laughs> like you do. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, so I was just thinking, Bongs, I mean, if, you, if your guys are all about weed, instead of you know, running to get food and stuff, you guys are just hitting all the dispensaries along the way. Well, <laughs> we actually own a dispensary uh, ah, in, makes in, the, sense. in the in the start of the comic book series like i said uh, makes we, total own, we, sense. Own, we own the dispensary but there's some things happening uh as we get into like episode five and six of the series so uh episode one like leo said is out episode two's in post and we just started filming three congrats well thank you outstanding so there'll be um, no shortage of pot you know because you guys will have the only you know you'll be hitting all the dispensaries and that'll be great right right <laughs> But the problem is we won't be able to give it or, or sell it to anybody, you know. No, uh, that's what I'm saying. You'll just have to smoke it all. That's my point. <laughs> oh, no. nerds. We don't want to share it with the zombies, so. Who knows? That might cause the whole, you know, who knows? What would happen if a zombie, you know, took took a puff? It might change the whole culture. It might, if it you might, thought uh, these zombies I, were I, I gotta send the you the, Or they would get hungrier, right? We don't know. Brains. <laughs> Bill Diamond's in the house. Hey, Bill. He's, um, he's asking. I'll have, Did to, you... I'll have to get you the PDFs of the comic, Courtney, because uh, okay. that's really what happens: is we actually get the zombies high, ah. and, and when they when they come down subconsciously, they realize it alleviates the pain they have for flesh, implementing oh. the medicinal aspect of it. So now they want our weed, and they ah. want to rip us apart. Ah. So we have the weed eaters, and then the flesh eaters, and they just yeah, oh yeah, it's a, oh, it's a shit show. Funny. It's a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's interesting. So, but uh yeah I'll, I'll reach out to clinton uh i'll shoot the pdfs over to him and get them over to you sure so, check them anyways out. um right before break we were talking about queen bees but like you said river came out yesterday correct um could you tell us a little bit about that before we move on into some of the other parts of things that you're uh, playing sure with? so river is a uh psychological sci-fi thriller and um uh, Storyline basically is the lead girl um, comes back home to her small town because her mother mysteriously dies. And and then she starts having time lapses where she doesn't know where she's been. And she goes missing for a while and things. And uh, so she's wondering if she's going crazy 
or what, and that's sort of the thriller component. I play a character, Dr. Michael Glenn, who it's only a five-hander. It's a little, it's just a little film, you know, but I end up playing sort of a hyphenate of roles in that I'm close family member, uh, a close member of the family. So I'm kind of like her surrogate dad. She works at my antique shop, but I'm also the local town psychiatrist. So she starts having these problems. We start having sessions to try to figure out what's going on with her. So I serve many roles in a way in in this, in this small piece, but uh, Emily Skye, who directed it, um, you know, it's a real auteur piece. You know, she wrote it, directed it, did the cinematography. She does a wonderful job with the natural lighting uh and edited it so she really did it all and she got the movie distributed within less than a year which for wow. an indie film is kind of unheard of yeah that's, it uh, is it is they're getting it done over there man so oh yeah yeah trust me we know that's the genre we're in and it's it's not easy getting distribution distribution is a uh, is the hardest part oh we're gonna watch the trailer okay oh i i i, <laughs> I, you know, I was just bringing it up uh so you guys knew we had it um but yeah uh, oh, okay. yeah i can play it now courtney's like oh okay yeah yeah we can watch it <laughs> yesterday. Jamie and I have been hanging those in town for days. We've all called you at least a hundred times. You search the woods, you're home. I do feel like I'm going crazy sometimes. Just be strong. COVID beard I had going. Right. <laughs> it was a nice character, though. You know, it was a very earthy, very loving character, and I don't always get to play those types of roles. So it was it was a nice departure for me. And it was a, it was a good experience. You know, they made a short of it originally that did well in festivals, and the investors and that invested in making the features. So when I came on, the crew and the cast already already had known each other, and they had already embodied those characters before. They welcomed me with open arms. So those young actors – it's really one of our, some of them is their first film and they, they did a really nice job, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have to look into that one a little more because yeah, you know, we love bringing on um, newer actors and actresses as well. <clears throat> um, well I, I can't wait to check that out just cause like the, the concept of losing time like that scares the living shit out of me. Well, cause it happens to you. Yes. Well, not me specifically. What have you heard? Regardless. <laughs> Listen, we can, we connect at 645. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, That's uh, all I'm saying, Brandon. That's all I'm saying. 420. More, yeah. more like loss of time around 420. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, we we want to urge our viewers and listeners um, on the podcast side of these things to definitely check out Queen Bees and River. Um, and all the show notes, where, Leo? Up above or down below. And I know we tapped this quite a bit, uh, but Indie Movies is... Uh, that's Courtney's what... got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you, you know, if you're sick of, you know, like the sequels and the prequels and, you know, the rehashed ideas, indie film is where it's at. You know, it, it, that's where you can get some awesome original storylines and just some movies where you have people that really put their heart into it. Uh, a couple movies you, you did uh, a couple of years ago, uh, Fun, what was it? Funhouse. Funhouse Massacre. Yeah, Funhouse Massacre was insane and Hell's Kitty. Yeah, it's was... a pretty good film. It's a pretty good ride, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And uh, Hell's Kitty was a lot of fun as well. Yeah, Hell's, Hell's Kitty was originally a, a, a sort of a webisode thing that got yep. uh, took it all together and put it into a feature. That's actually where I met uh, Clint, too, you know, is now the publicist that got me here. He did a good job on promoting that, and, and we became we became friendly. That's a, yeah. Uh, uh, so yeah, I know that's a, that's a crazy. If you're a horror person, you know it's it's just an homage to tons of horror people. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and, and John Franklin and I kind of loosely brought back our our uh, our our characters from Children of the Corn. Um, initially, it was John's character was doing all the talking, and I was like, "Hey, man, you know, like Malachi's, you know, not getting, <laughs> you're not going to listen to anybody." First off, that I said. Second off, you know let's beef it up a little bit. And then he saw I did music and he said, Hey, you want to write a song? And so I wrote a song called I hate cats, you know, which was the best, the primary character in the whole show is this possessed cat. Um, and that was pretty funny. I, you know, I love when somebody throws something at me like that and see if I could actually make something happen. And I thought I hate cats was a pretty funny little tune. So. <laughs> hey, listen, we've got some zombies that smoke weed. Um, just saying, <laughs> right. Throwing at you. What can you do with that? <laughs> I'm sure I could come up with a song with zombie smoking weed. I'm sure I could. That would be that would be kick ass. <laughs> sounds like you've got some pretty good guys on your soundtracks. That even like your opener, and then in the, sounds like you've got some pretty good musicians going already, though. Uh, we were blessed, you know. Yeah. Everything that everything from being able to connect with Bill um, on a friendly side, first of all, and then and then move into him working in the comics with us, and then into filming to like you said the soundtrack behind it we were uh, introduced to the openers who are scarecrow hill they're from from the hometown here yeah they're rocking pretty hard those guys the young lady that uh plays piper in the first two episodes um that's her husband's band aha so that's how we got connected there and his dad actually was my tattoo artist for a long time <laughs> it just gets cooler man right <laughs> And then um, Bill Bill took us up to the Witch's Dungeon up in Connecticut, which is the oldest classic horror movie museum oh. uh, owned by Cortland Hull. His dad, his dad, his uncle was Henry Hull, mm. the first werewolf of London. Mm. Um, so there's a lot of really that's cool... a great tune, man. That's a, that's that's a great tune. Um, and we oh. met we met the lead singer from Blitz Kid, Steve Matthews, aka Argyle Goolsby, and he did the soundtrack for the film and the entire score and has continued since great so, yeah well yeah. you know hey man check out some of my stuff with ripple street if you think there's anything that might fit for one of your episodes you know let's see what we can do absolutely we definitely will and where can they find all that up leo uh, up above or down below depending on where you're hey, I'm pushing those show there. notes oh, totally. pushing those show notes folks <laughs> so you keep mentioning mentioning ripple ripple street is it yeah that's the name of the band yeah ripple street so a band um so not only are you an accomplished actor but you play music as well. Yeah, I always have. I started taking acting lessons at 13. I also started taking guitar lessons at 13. My my intention to be a professional actor was there. Uh, I just wanted to learn to play guitar and because uh, I just thought it'd be cool and a good way to pick up chicks. And uh, how'd that work out? What for girl you? doesn't like a guy who can play guitar? <laughs> 
So, but but really, I, once I learned to play, you know, halfway decent, uh, I just started writing, and that's really I love that more than the performing. Performing's fine, but I feel like that creative moment that you you know you write a song is just something you, it's it's just a uh, magical, you know, and and I really enjoy it. I see for the promoters watching us, I see a huge media package there, folks. Okay. Not only do you get the, the, the horror side of the signings, but hey, you might even be able to get them to perform in the after party. Come on. Yeah, we, that, that's been getting brought up recently. I think if I can do the band, I think I'm a little less less sure I want to play a Saturday night with a bunch of people drinking an acoustic <laughs> set, you know. But if I can if I can have the band there and we can play loud enough, you know, oh. that they can talk if they want to. Good luck. <laughs> right. I'm there. You know, you know, those uh, after the cons, those uh, after parties are just magical. Yeah. We uh magical or magic. <laughs> uh, bo- yes. But I was have- going to say, you know. Yeah, we do a lot of cons, and you know they're magical. Okay. Well, we're, we're, hey, you know people go there to have a good time. You know That's... they bring their they bring their cooler in with them to their hotel. You know, full <laughs> <laughs> booze. You know they're coming to have a good time. It's it's the time when you know all the for lack of a better word the freaks all get together and get to be normal, right? Because they were right. all coming up in their small towns. They were the freaks, you know, and now the freaks have gone mainstream, which is really kind of ironic, right? It's, it's the truth, well, though, uh, isn't I, it? I, I was just going to say we, we were at a uh, after party after a horror con and uh, they had uh, so the owner of the con played guitar and uh, singing was uh, Sean Whalen and Sid Haig. It, that, it, that. It, it blew my mind. It was it was awesome. The late great Sid Haig, man. Yeah. Right. Talk wow. about a long talk about a long career. That dude was doing movies in black and white. Right. Right. Yeah. Great, great, great actor. Oh yeah, man. Fa- so. Fabulous. Got to get to know him a little bit doing conventions over the years. Yeah, you know, great guy. Yeah. That's awesome. See, it sounds like sounds like you had like slightly better experiences at, at some of these after parties than, than I have. Like one of the last ones <laughs> I went to. I mean, it, it, there was there was some good stuff that happened, but then like still it was it was karaoke's, which always is a free for all. And uh, <laughs> some some kid dressed as a werewolf, which you know, cool. You're you're at a you're at a horror convention. No no one's mad at you for that. But he requests to sing a song, so he gets up and he requested werewolves of london by warren zebon which is like i love that song that's my jam and he gets up there and he just starts holding the mic and like looking at it and like tapping it and not understanding what's going on i was like this is the worst joke i've ever seen get off the stage somebody came up halfway through the song and just mumbled their way through it to get it over and done with and everyone there was just like this was just wasted time you never know what you're gonna get at those you never know what you're going to get at those after parties. Some of them are, I mean, some of them are great. Some of them are duds. And you just never know. Yeah. Yeah, right. it, it was, it was, it was interesting to say the least bit. Uh, I mean, more power to him for signing up karaoke and just standing in front of a microphone. I wouldn't have the balls to do it. The, the funniest ones are when, and, you know, it's a tradition at whatever con- particular convention where people actually dance and like they actually have routines and it's just funny to see horror folks dancing you know it's it's a, it, it's it's interesting not what you expect to see right no a lot more, <laughs> a lot more pop songs uh playing around that area that i would i would would have thought too i was, exactly. I was very surprised by that yeah exactly because it's not what anybody yeah, in like, that world's into so yeah it always is a bit of a head scratcher you know Oh, you're wearing a Slayer shirt, but you're listening to Lady Gaga. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> sure thing. Why the fuck not? 
Right? Um, I see a lot of comments yeah. popping in over there, Leo. Uh, huh? Yeah, just real quick. Uh, Zetsubi Giji says, I loved your movie Discipline. So underrated. And also, wow. Would You is a good song from your band. I like it a lot. Thank you. Yeah, Would You, I would say the closest, you know, to say it sounds Black Sabbath-esque is fair. It's a bit of a hard hard rocker. I'm definitely going to have to check this out. Yeah, that one that one might be one that work might work for your your zombie show. So check it out. But um, yeah, nobody has ever talked about discipline. So that's that is really wild. Uh, that is one of the craziest uh, projects I've ever been involved with, and I'll tell you why. So the director Martin Mayo uh, got me into this this project that kind of has S and M sort of undertones and overtones, but it took I kid you not over three shooting times uh 15 years to finish wow <laughs> this the second time we got together or the third time we got together he got the crew together to shoot and the camera didn't show up <laughs> and his editing equipment caught on fire in his apartment the night before it's nothing oh. like a, and here's the craziest thing and this isn't funny but it's still completely crazy so he finally finishes the film and we do a premiere in la and we actually got on local news which amazed me uh, really shortly thereafter, he passed away. Wow. It was like that was his life's work. Wow. It just mind-blowing. It was a fight to the bitter end for that thing. Holy no, right? no kidding. But I never heard anybody, I've never, I don't even know anybody who had even seen the film, really. So uh, <laughs> thank you for thank you for liking it. Uh, inter- you know, interesting project to be a part of. Learned a lot about the S&M community that I certainly didn't know before. <laughs> no, but it's a trip. That, that community is a trip. You know, when you, uh, what you learn is really that the submissives are the dominance and the dominance are the submissives. And what I mean by that is, most of the people that are submissives are quite a few of them are actually very powerful people. Like they're like judges and things like that, where they have to make really hardcore decisions every day and be mm-hmm. authorities. And they just want somebody else to dominate them in some way or, or punish them for putting somebody in jail. I don't know, but it's very <laughs> interesting psychology, you know, it's a very interesting psychology. It's a transfer of power. Did you think about maybe not putting him in jail, asshole? <laughs> right. No, I've got a job to do. Matter of fact, I ended up adding a monologue at the end talking about that transfer of power because that's what I really learned. You know, the community was nice enough to let me, you know, come in there and just sort of see what they're about. And it's an interesting experience when somebody decides to whoop somebody with a cat of nine tails, man. It's a, that's a, <laughs> the energy transfer. Like, you know, what just happens? Like some guy, he'll just be like, hey, look normal. Obviously, he gets the cat of nine tails. He's like, becomes powerful. You know, it's like, ah, you know, it's like very interesting dynamics. But yeah. interestingly enough, they have relationships that last a long time. Like people would be like, dominatrix would be like, yeah, I've been married to my husband 20 years. Or like, no, you know, it's like people, I guess it's so hard to find compatibility that they, they stick with <laughs> right. each other, you know? Right. Wow. That, very that interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. Not about filling gaps. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, on a serious note, that's the one thing that's so interesting about acting is you'll be asked to go into worlds and territories and things that you would have never taken the time to understand or learn. And you have to walk in their shoes. You have to learn what it's about, you know, and you usually come out of it with a much deeper understanding and, and less, you know, cliche jokes, you know. 
right. I'll never look at the community the same. You know. Yep, that that sounds understood. Great to me. All understood. all about the humanity behind the thing. That's that's. I think that's right. the greatest gift to uh, for an actor being an actor is that we get a chance to do that. Even like you know, say like colors walking in a gangbanger shoes or doing a civil war movie and you're from the south you know and learning you just you just see things from the different perspectives and learn you know why people do what they do you know yeah absolutely and not not, not only not only learn yourself but help to convey that in as accurate a manner that that you can that you can to an audience that you know doesn't know it until they see what it is you, you hope, right? Yeah, you hope on some level you're able to convey some of that. You know, like, you know, like, let's talk Memphis Bell for a second. You know, like, one of the greatest thing. you know, when I do conventions and stuff, people will come up to me, and I've heard stories like, my father was, you know, a pilot, never talked about it. We went to see that movie, and then he started opening up to me about what he'd been through. Like, that's the stuff you're like, wow, that's like, that's way bigger than a movie, right? That it can right. create a dialogue, you know? That's incredible. Uh, for, a, for a father and his son, you know, that you can't, you know, or you can't buy me love. I've had people come up to me and say, like, I was a, you know, a jock, a football player going into my senior year and I couldn't wait to haze people. And then I saw that movie and I couldn't do it anymore. You're just like, wow. Like, it, you know, a jock yeah. saw that movie and it got through to him. Right. That, that I mean, that's, that's a definite like unforeseen bonus to things like that for sure. Like, it's one thing to to do something that you would consider poignant, you know, to for lack of a better term, uh, and then another thing entirely to do a teen comedy where it's basically like, hey, let's just do kind of a weird updated Pygmalion thing, and to have somebody seriously be like, you know, it really it really opened my eyes. I I didn't really see these skinny kids that we were gonna beat on as as actual people, and until I saw that that big nosed Patrick Dempsey get the girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it just, it, the power of cinema, even in a comedy, you know, comedies can get through sometimes easier than a drama to people, you know? Their yeah. guards down a little bit, right? Right, right. Well, I mean, two sides of the same coin. And uh, if somebody's experienced the drama, then they might ex- they might respond to the comedy a little bit better. That's true. That's true. But the power of cinema, man, don't underestimate it. That That's what I've learned. Absolutely. F and A. Um, F and A. Yeah, F and A. What? I'm so, fucking A. Is that better? Jesus. Oh, thank you. All right. I mean, cool, you are man. on our show tonight. Cool, man. I'm I'm glad I could help out. Much appreciated, Pat. <laughs> Uh, so we had uh, Andre Gower on uh, a while ago, and uh, yeah. he he uh, you know uh, and you know if anybody if you haven't heard uh, he he uh, had a medical issue recently. We yeah. totally wish him the best. Um, awesome dude, but he he told us some amazing stories about growing up in the '80s, and you mentioned growing up in the '80s as well. Like he he said, like you know he kept on running into Brad Pitt at like birthday parties and stuff like that. Do you have any like odd stories like that where where like you you know you must have you know, he was saying like, you know, all the kids were like hanging out together and it's just like, you know, just the crazy people that you ran into as a kid. Yeah. Not as much though. So I, first off, yeah, I, I heard about Andre as well and wish, wish him a speedy recovery, kind of crazy out of nowhere yeah. stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, I wasn't running around a lot, you know, I was, uh, not to take anything away from saying his, about himself, but I was very serious about what I was doing. And I also lost my parents at a young age. I had to make a living at it, like, you know, for real, you know? And, uh, 
So I, I wasn't much of a, I mean, I know that I didn't go to some parties, this and that, but I wasn't that social, you know, even when I would, even when I would go sign in for auditions, I'd sign in and I'd go down the hall. I don't want anybody to talk to me. Like I can't, I'm not the kind of actor who can like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And then walk right in and nail a scene. You know what I mean? Like I had to work at it and keep myself in the zone. So I was, in some ways, I think that's been a blessing because it kept me out of trouble because L.A., it's all there, man. Good, bad, or indifferent. <laughs> yeah. You looking for it, it'll find you. And I saw, I've seen a lot of people crash and burn in, in, in that town. And uh, what's, all, what's kept me sane is just it's always been about the work first for me, not about the the hype, the social, the whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I can imagine, though, that there were – there were instances where you'd had basically like, hey, come on, come on, go CG, come on, come on. Oh, you know, well, sure. You said there, like, mean, you're the fucking devil. <laughs> like, no. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. But no, I mean, sure. I mean, I remember uh, the, we had a, the class I taught and I, uh, one of our actors was in, uh, 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 was it this, uh, Leo DiCaprio's first film with De Niro. It was it my life as a daughter, this boy's life, this boy's life. Yes. And, you know, a young Leo came to the party, you know, and he was acting crazy. You know, who knew he was going to go on to be Leo DiCaprio, right? There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like, you know, oh, yeah, you're doing, you know, auditioning with Charlie Sheen. And then, you know, you know, you just don't, you just don't know who's going to become who, you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, fair. Um, there's so a lot of that. A lot of guys yeah. you came up with and some are still going and some have crashed and burned, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah, it's, that's a fair assessment, I think. Very, yeah. very fair. Like, like, why the hell? They, uh, never mind. I was, I was gonna do, I was gonna do a, I was gonna do a stupid joke about uh, Leo on uh, Family Ties. Like, why the hell are they bringing this new kid on Family Ties? It was Family Ties, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> first audition, first audition I ever blew was uh, I, I, I went to the to meet the head of the network at NBC, and they gave me something to read, and it was it was the Family Ties character, and I completely misunderstood what it was. I didn't under the idea of a Republican kid, I didn't even understand what the hell that was. So I completely botched, botched the idea. One of, you know, it was like for the head of the network and I just completely blew it. So it wasn't until I saw the show that went, Oh, that's what, that's what that character is. Wait, 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 I, I was just a little street rat, you know, like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you, know? you mean the, the pimp sweet Canadian understood the Republican stuff? All right. Sure. My man, I was like 16 years old. I had no idea politics. What are we talking about? Right. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, <laughs> did, did the show go off, off the rails enough for you, man? It's been off the rails yeah. since we started. Yeah, that's true. Oh, speaking yeah. of Billy, he chimes in. I'm late. What else is new? It's okay, wow. Billy. <laughs> Everybody seems to be. The, actually, Courtney was early. That's right. I was. Well, that, that, I was that's, floored. That's, you know, well, that's. I'm sorry. I'm a professional gentleman. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> transit properties being what they are, apparently I am not. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, when we had J.J. Uh, uh, Cohen on last week, he told us some cool stories about uh, being on the set for Back to the Future. Do you have uh, uh, any memories that you'd like to share? Yeah, well, sure. J.J. Cohen, first off, we met on Secret Admirer, and we became friends. And, and we even had a band for a short period of time with another very talented actor who passed away last year, Christoph St. John. I don't know if you know who he is, but... Had an black actor had an absolutely prolific television career. He spent his last 12, 15 years on Young and the Restless. 
Wow. But literally his first character was on a uh, Sanford and son. I mean, that's like, he was like seven. Wow. Um, he was in like this, he was in roots, the next generation. I mean, the guy did his list just go, you name any black show Cosby, you name it. He was on it at one point or another. Wow. Um, but we had a, yeah, the three of us had a band together for a hot minute. So that, that's, there's, there's my JJ Cohen connection. Um, and I certainly knew JJ on the, on, on back, uh, back to the future, but really, uh, my first connection was Chris McGlover. The uh, first thing I ever, ever did was an AFI film that I always short that I always forget the name of, but in fact, you can still get it. There's a thing called the Beaver Trilogies. They've done this same story three times. One time Sean Penn played it. One time Crispin played it. And you can still get it to this day. It's kind of like got this. And Christmas says it's the best thing he's ever done to, the, to this day. So let me tell you a little story. So first thing I'm ever doing, director guy come in and me and this other guy, you're smoking in the boys' room. Just start shooting. So we're cutting it up. And then the bathroom door stall opens, and it's Crispin Glover dressed in the black outfit of Olivia Newton-John from Greece. All right, I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, picture okay. that, right? And so, so, of course, I'm just like, what in the hell am I seeing? And then, you know, Crispin goes, you know, hey, hey, guys, what are you doing? And I'm just going, this guy is brilliant. Who's this guy? You know, like, like this is, and we became, you know, we became friends. So it was nice to have, uh, have him on a set, you know, being a lead in such a big movie and, and knowing him. And then, well, all my scenes were interactions with him where I had to get physical and kick him in the ass and things like that. So it's nice to, know him already and know what kind of actor he was and that we could we could you know do our thing it freed me up tremendously so wow and the other story is uh i had to tell this a lot is uh you know i was on it before eric stoltz got fired so a job that was supposed to be three days turned into five weeks so it's been probably the biggest financial blessing residuals uh, you know checks that you get from think because obviously back to the future still plays constantly on television oh. this day mm-hmm. so it's been the probably the best financial windfall of my career so thank you back to the future oh totally <laughs> and, and, and you know i'm sure uh uh you can thank all of us because i know i've bought back to the future probably five times already and actually it's, <laughs> it's out on 4k so i'm gonna need to get it again so <laughs> i have so many things that have back to the future on it it's ridiculous uh, yeah how many flux capacitors do you have <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, currently just the one, but it was up to four at one point, apparently. <laughs> Those things are not cheap. I it's, bet they're not. I bet just, they're not. Just ask my wife. She's the one that essentially scammed the one we got. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Shit, I'm even wearing a Back to the Future t-shirt right now. So. There you go. Well, well, yeah, to be even have a little role in one of the most successful trilogies of all time is just a uh, one of those things you just go, wow, just glad to be a part of it, you know? Right, uh, right. Totally. Uh, Wolfie says, uh, one of uh, my favorite movies with Courtney Gaines, uh, The Killing Grounds. It was ah. about a plane going down in the mountains with a ton of gold on it. Can Courtney talk a little bit about making of that? Yeah, you know, that's not, again, a movie that uh, gets talked about a lot, but I, I say uh, it's one of the best bad guys I've ever played. And John Franklin had a small role in it, and I got to kill him, so that was just payback for Children of the Corn, so that was good. <laughs> um, we shot that in uh, Big Bear, and it, it had a really good uh, cast. Uh, uh, Rodney Grant, who's an American Indian actor, he's done a lot of big stuff. Uh, Charles Rocket, who's since passed away, but also did uh, Priscilla Barnes. And I have a great scene at the end where uh, I take Priscilla Barnes out, and uh, I, I get shot up, and it's uh, she was just fantastic, and uh, it's a really, it's definitely kind of a film noiry type thing, in that no one really makes it out alive, you know. It's 
the plot line is, yeah, this gold goes down in the middle of the mountains and these people who are on a excavation find it and decide to take it and try to hike it out. And me and Anthony Michael Hall are the heavies. It's our gold. And so once we find them, you know, it's like they become our mules, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's really good bad guy. It's like a guy that just got straight out of the jail who's just a mad dog and, uh, you know, has no has no healthy boundaries whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you yeah. go, Wolfie. <laughs> yeah, I went straight. It was like a straight to, you know, straight to video back in the day uh, deal. But it was a good group of actors to work with. I had a good time. Sounds awesome. like it. Yeah. That's a actually. And what a weird thing is, it actually got me this. Uh, I don't haven't done a lot of commercials in my career, but I did a Jack in the Block spot that won a Clio. And the the guy who invented the Jack in the Box spot still says out of his hundred that he did, it's the, his favorite. They just never showed it much because it was still too edgy. Um, but I got that job because the director and the guy who does the Jack in the Box spots, they were friends, and he saw me in that movie, and he wanted a, a tough guy to play in this Jack in the Box spot, and uh, and so I got the job. So one job led to another. But if you ever get a chance to look that up on, like, YouTube, uh, Courtney Gaines, Jack, I'm telling you, it's a funny, funny commercial. Leo's are, <laughs> what are you talking Leo's yeah, already yeah, working right? on that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Man, let's play it. It's it's pretty darn funny. And it was done in two shots. And the DP was a guy that shot Batman. It was very handheld. No commercials had really been done like that at that time. And uh, you knew you had something funny when the crew was laughing after every take because crews, you know, they've seen it all, right? They're hard to get them enrolled. They were losing it. So do we have it? Uh, it says this is it. So we're, we're hopefully it is. Let's see. Mr. Brad Haley. Relax. Did I win something? My sources tell me you've been calling Jack in the Box junk in the box. So? I take these things personally, Brad. Get lost. Sure. Just try my food, apologize, and I'll go. Beat it, clown! Listen, punk. My employees have been working their buns off to make the best burgers, shakes, and fries around. Jack. Uh, uh. Try a thick and frosty milkshake made with real ice cream. Yummy, isn't it? Very yummy. Thanks. Here, try a fry. Better than Max, right? Yeah. Be honest with me, Brad. What do you think of my burger? Tasty. Really? You're not just saying that because I could snap your arm like a twig? No, no, I shouldn't have dished your food, man. I'm sorry, Jack. Well, I'm sorry about the grass stains. Really? No. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What was funny is the guy that played Jack, his real name was Jack, and he was really upset about doing this. He was like, this is not going to put Jack in a good light. I don't like this, you know. <laughs> was it, was he, I, thought it was, I thought it was hilarious. It would only play like late night, like on Jerry Springer or something, you know. So, that's just hysterical. So, so, <laughs> well, that was played on this show, too. So. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was, you know, in the 90s. That was, that was the look. That was uh, the Mad Dogs that I was playing, you know. That's wow. fucking good. The, the second the camera started chasing yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. He's on the run. <laughs> two shots. It was done in two shots. Wow. From the point when I, you know, to, the first shot was to the point where I hit the camera up. And the second part was him chasing me into that thing. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. So uh, you said uh, Jack didn't like being portrayed in in that commercial. It, 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 by any chance, is he uh, the same guy that thought Denoid was coming after him? 
I don't know. But the fact that his name was actually Jack, I thought was yeah. even crazier. Uh, for his real, real name. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, did you uh, have you heard that story about Noid? Oh no, tell me the story. Oh, so uh, do you remember the '80s and '90s commercials, the Noid for uh, what was it, Domino's? Domino's. Avoid yeah, the Noid. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they had to stop running those because a guy went like cuckoo he thought those commercials were specifically aimed to torment him <laughs> and i forgot what yeah. what he did to Domino's, but he, he did something bad enough where they had to stop airing it uh, wow i yeah. didn't know that story see i didn't get the reference that's crazy okay wow yes i did not know that either <laughs> this guy must not be around because i saw a Domino's commercial yeah they, they brought the noise back yeah 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 billy one, says one, he's one back. Of the thing about the the jack he there's a camera like in the nose like a very expensive camera and that's how he sees he can't see he's actually seeing like you know like looking through like a video lens or something mm-hmm. you know pretty crazy and they have like fans in there to keep him cool and all this stuff Oh man, I've, I've but I just been... thought it was hilarious. He's like, I, I, I don't know, I don't like Jack playing this role. You know, he's being aggressive. <laughs> this isn't the wholesome character I signed up to play. I'm like, dude, you're in a head. I don't know what to tell you. This right. is not... <laughs> you're selling fast food, all right? Because the guy that actually did the commercials is actually the guy that does the, the directs the commercials. Is actually, the guy who did the voice too. Wow. Yeah. So he was he's Jack. You know. Shit. Yeah. So wow. the guy in the costume just zip it and do his job. Yeah, I, I sort of think so. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's not a skill set to being a guy that does that stuff. There, there, are, there are people who make a good living, you know, doing things like that. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know. There are people who make a terrible living doing things like that too. I can tell you, <laughs> there's not a single kid at Home Depot wearing that stupid Homer mask that's making a good living. All right. <laughs> There are in Hollywood, though. I'll tell you that. There are people who do creatures. That's their specialty. They get makeup, and they, they do, some of them do very well. That is it's crazy. true. It's crazy. Leo, where can everybody find our awesome guest? Uh, in the show notes of above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. And uh, you can also uh, subscribe to them on Spotify. We have all those links there. Uh, and uh, we had a commercial from uh, Zetsubo Gigi. I know I said that wrong. Uh, what's I think it's Zetsubo Gigi. Why? Thank you. Uh, bless you. Uh, so, what? What? <laughs> what tissue? <laughs> uh, what's the most difficult role you've ever acted? Oosh, that's hard to pick one, but I can definitely cite a couple. Uh, uh, two of them were television. Uh, one was a diagnosis murder I did, where I played a character who was paralyzed on one side and pretending to have cerebral palsy on the other. And I had less than a week to put that together. I had less than 24 hours to put it together for the audition and less than a week to do the role. So that was pretty challenging. And then I did a Criminal Minds not too long ago that uh, was one of the more challenging roles I've done. The uh, the character had lots of issues. He was, he was, he was you, you think he's the unsub in the episode, but in fact, he's protecting his brother and uh, he's homeless and he's got PTSD and he's having flashbacks and he has this story in his head that who he's protecting is this dog, but it's really his brother. I mean, it's like out there and uh, it was very challenging and uh, I'm proud of the work I did in that actually. So those, those, are, the first, those are the two that really come to mind. Criminal Minds is an awesome That's show. Actually, that was a good question. I actually had that on my list for asking you like, I don't know, an hour ago. Yes, you, you snooze, you lose, man. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, but uh, Leo, do you, you have another show tonight, right? I do. Uh, just real quick, uh, I, because I, I'm a geek and I need to look it up. On January 30th, 1989, Kenneth Lamar, Lamar Noid, a mentally ill man who thought the ad campaign was a personal attack on himself, 
entered a Domino's restaurant in Chambly, Georgia, Georgia, uh, armed with a 357 Magnum and held two employee employees hostage for over five hours. Yikes. Well, now we know the whole story. Yeah. <laughs> and now you know the yeah. rest of the story. <laughs> but I do want to ask Courtney one thing. So out of all these amazing TV shows and amazing movies that you've done, what's one of your favorites? Uh, a couple, you know, come to mind. Uh, uh, you know, I think Memphis Bell was an incredible experience. We got to go shoot in the UK for, you know, three months. We got trained by, you know, SAS specialists and, you know, and, and just in working with, a, you know, incredible uh, crew. There was several Oscar award winning people in the crew, the production designer, the, the director of photography, the, the editor, the producer. So it was just top, top notch stuff and got to shoot at famous Pinewood Studios. That certainly ranks up there. And then I got one that I actually is, is something I'd want to talk about. It's perfect for a stoner show. It's a movie I did called Benny Bliss and the Disciples of Greatness. And it's a rock and roll road comedy with an anti-technology message. It's, it's something I actually helped produce as well. And I wrote four songs in the movie. And it, in the end, it uh, culminates in a desert vortex where we actually perform a 30-minute show live with, like, you know, basically no punch-ins. It was probably the most without a net as an actor I've ever been. We had rehearsed the songs, but never in order. And then I had to introduce other acts too. And we did it with like 200 extras and we just shot it twice. That's it. And it was like doing a real live concert. It was crazy. Wow. But I, I wanted to mention that show on this one because it's one of those things I tell people, if you get baked, this is the kind of movie you, you should, you should watch this movie baked. Uh, my character looks like something between Elvis and evil Knievel. <laughs> Which, which is which is kind of Elvis or Evil Can Evil anyways. So, exactly. Right? I love it. That's why it's a hybrid. I mean, uh, those you've done so much in your career, and we didn't even touch on the fact that you had production credits, that you were producer, um, that you did something with a video game I saw somewhere. I done think two, about, two very yeah. cool video games. Two. Both of them were actually groundbreaking at the time. The first yeah. one was Wing Commander 3 which was the first time they ever had human beings in a video game. They had enough RAM to do it, and it was all done on green screen, so we couldn't move sideways. We could only move back and forth a little bit, and uh, I always tell the story that uh, I saw green in my retinas for at least two weeks after we were done shooting. I swear to God, it had burned <laughs> into my retinas. Uh, now, that was the one. The uh... second one was L.A. Noir, which was the first project to actually ever render a sort of animated face of yourself, actual facial recognition into a game. And that was, it took them five years to make it. The first part we had to do the T-suits, you know, with the dots on it, right, for our bodies. And then we came back months later and did just our faces. And then they put that face onto the body. I mean, it was, it was crazy. And uh, But it's a really excellent game. And LA's, LA 1930s, it's like yeah. a documentation of that time perfectly. But it was not an easy project to do at all. So, yeah, both I have done a lot, but both of them were actually technologically groundbreaking. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, Definitely. I mean, go ahead, Leo. Oh, I was just going to say L.A. Nord. They had to have that so much detail but because, if I remember correctly, based on how a character's facial expressions were, you had to tell whether they were lying or not because it's... You're, right. you're interviewing people and, and doing and literally, literally when they were doing the, just the faces, they had all these cameras around as high and low. I'm talking like 50. And before you did each line, you had to do all this facial recognition. It'd be like smile, frown. And then you do one line 
And then you had to do all that crap. It was like the slowest, arduous wow. process ever, but it was so that they could get all those facial recognitions they needed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty crazy. Billy says uh, it was based on the ba- uh, Black Dahlia murders. Right. Yeah. That's that- that's uh, that's true. And I've driven by that uh, <clears throat> that uh, house on Franklin Boulevard many, many times. Uh, that was a Frank-, Frank Lloyd Wright house. Killer, killer house. Now, um, that's right where all that, that's where they found the body on the street there and everything, which is where the, right. the, the doctor that they think did it lived and such. Wow. Uh, and Wing Commander 3, was was that the one Mark Hamill was in as well? Correct. And yeah. he did several of them, and he actually had a little percentage, and he made a lot of money on those things. Those were very successful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was working. But he was a great, great guy to get to work with. Uh, you know, real, real sweetheart. That's awesome. What were you going to say, Leo? No, I was going to say that was an amazing game. I, I worked retail when it was out, and uh, yeah, that was one we couldn't keep on the uh, on the shelves. But I'm sure yeah, you got yours when it came in. Big deal at the time, for sure. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so I know Leo has another show tonight to run um, in about 25 minutes. So... Uh, you want to do your thing? Sounds good. Sounds good. I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. We urge you definitely check out Courtney Gaines. You, you know you know him. Uh, but we have a lot of links in the show notes. And you probably didn't know he has a band. He has uh, he does some awesome music. And we have some Spotify links there as well. Uh, and, uh, you know, go watch uh, Queen Bees this weekend. It looks hilarious. We showed that earlier. Also, River looks really good as well. And uh, he has a uh, – what's the new one coming out? Uh, the other one after River is Charming the Hearts of Men. You, yes. That trailer's up now, too. Awesome. Uh, and for me, just Google Leo Pond. You find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but follow these awesome people. And, uh, Courtney, where do you like people interacting with you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook's the best way to, to really interact. And I always tell you, you'll know which one's me because I have all the current stuff that up that nobody would have. So Awesome. <laughs> And uh, I have a bunch of those links in the show notes as well. And uh, Powerful Brandon, where do you like people interacting with you? Hey, gang. Uh, you can come on over to the Powers Combined Facebook group. Uh, it's just a bunch of geeky stuff. Uh, and our number one rule is don't be a jerk. Uh, just everybody's there to have a good time. Uh, other than that, you can follow me on Twitter at Brandon's Powers and on Instagram at this Brandon has powers. And I am also on the Dorkening Wednesday night show every week. Awesome. Uh, and I don't know if you can answer this real quick. Uh, we had one last question that came in. Uh, what's a role you missed out on because you had taken another job? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, gosh, that's actually I probably don't know because I probably I was working, so I didn't. I couldn't <laughs> take another job. Oh I, oh, I know the one that was the most intense, though. So I did a pilot, this show called Shivers. It was a sitcom. And I really didn't enjoy it. And I had signed a three-year contract. And um, I didn't really want to do it. I, did, I really didn't have a good time making it. And then I got Memphis Bell, probably the biggest movie you know, in, in my mind at that time. And I was just like, oh, Lord, please let this pilot fail. <laughs> like, and, and I remember they called me. And they were like, I'm sure you'll be happy to know that our show didn't make it. I was like, okay, great. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Benjamin. Uh, well, you can find us at stilltoking.com. That's your best bet. You can follow along with everything we're doing from the comic books to this awesome live show to the filming, yada, yada, yada. Um, we want to thank our amazing guest, Mr. Courtney Gaines, for coming out tonight and spending some time with us. But to all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do every day so people like us can come up here and do what we do. We'll see you. We're out of here. Be safe. Be safe.